and welcome back to America Can We Talk. I hope you enjoyed those two young men. You know, it's a little bit unusual. My show is just so uh, pretty much focused on events and politics, but I love Israel. I'm so grateful for Americans who do love Israel. And, and we didn't you know, on air get into a lot of political discussion, but there certainly was a uh, there's a profound respect for Israel and what they do and a support for it. And I, I think there is among certainly in my circle of political and other um, contacts and just among my friends in Texas, our recognition of the importance of Israel. But, okay, so this is the cruise to the news, top of the second hour. It's a very short segment, so I'm going to hit as many stories as I can. There was a key uh, argument at the United States Supreme Court this past week, and it relates to President Trump and his executive order that, uh, with respect to travel and, and refugees coming to America. I want to just tell you that the argument appeared to go well. We won't know until June how the Supreme Court rules, but this is a huge issue and a huge argument that happened this week, uh, and, you know, and specifically because it is about the uh, President Trump's efforts to protect American citizens from people coming to America who may mean us harm. He, is, he ran on the campaign of saying we need to stop bringing people here who mean us harm, and he has tried. As you likely know, he had several different executive orders relating to um, the refugees coming to America and who, who should come. And, and so this particular order that is now before the United States Supreme Court uh, is, an or, is essentially banning uh, travel to America or limiting travel to America from um, certain Muslim-majority countries, specifically Iran, Libya, Somalia, Syria, Yemen, North Korea, and Venezuela. Now, those two countries were thrown in. They're not Muslim-majority, but they are places that President Trump is trying to designate as saying these are places that may be sending people to America who mean us harm. But the larger point, and why this matters so very much— and what it seemed like from the questions by the Supreme Court justices is whether the United States government is going to continue to recognize that the United States president, the president of this country, has primary power over national security in this country. If courts can begin to chip away at the primary power the president is supposed to have over national security and and courts and in the particular problem in this case is that lower courts lower federal circuit lower appeals courts federal circuit courts have been reviewing the president's refugee orders from the perspective of well, gee, did he have a good enough reason for this order? Should the order say this? Shouldn't it say that? Why does it say this? As though their job was to substitute their judgment as judges for that of the president. And the Supreme Court's questioning in the argument this week seemed to reflect that the Supreme Court recognized what a dangerous, dangerous slope that is. If you're going to take away the president's primary authority to make national security policy and have it become national security policy by judge and personal political opinion, you are, you are endangering America, you are changing the Constitution, and there were numerous people, numerous questions by the Supreme Court justices that seemed to reflect that they got that. And, you know, there, the other arguments, there were all sorts of arguments about uh, religious freedom and, and treating all religions the same. 
again, I don't. I think the Supreme Court is going to support President Trump, but I'm going to tell you something else. Foreign people, people who are not citizens of the United States of America, have no constitutional rights under our Constitution. They have no right to be free of religious discrimination. They have no—these rights attach to the citizenry of America. And so this is a huge case, huge case for—I mean, really, it's righting the wrong of eight years of President Obama pummeling— the, um, the Constitution, the separation of powers, and a judiciary that's gone along with it. And this is uh, hopefully a turn, a, you know, turning the corner, saying, no, actually, uh, we're not going to have the, um, the, uh, the Constitution eviscerated and, and begin to have courts weighing in on national security decisions. It's not their job, and these Supreme Court justices seem to understand that, at least some of them. Okay, next cruise of the news item. Truly amazing. In the great state of Texas, University of Texas is beginning this fall to treat masculinity, not kidding here, masculinity as a mental health issue. A new program at the University of Texas Counseling and Mental Health Center will promote healthy masculinity at public events, educational workshops, other forms of student involvement, all designed to impact campus culture, to increase acceptance of gender diversity, promote healthy relationships. I'm sorry, I can't even stand reading it all. What is wrong with them? You know, I'm, I'm telling you, folks, the idea in America that we have lost our ability to say, yes, there are males and females and they're different. Thank God. And masculinity is a good thing. Not violence, not crassness, not, you know, brutality, but masculinity. Men filling out their God-given identity is healthy and good. And this liberal craziness that has pervaded and invaded America's culture is, of all things, at the University of Texas. I'm going to guess the alumni are going to speak up and say, "Uh, wait a minute. I don't think so. Okay, next one. There was a the um, dinner that was uh, has been held in uh, Washington for years, a White House Correspondents' Dinner, held again over the weekend. President Trump, second time in a row, said, mm, no thanks, I think I'll give a speech instead. I think the speech he gave was a whole lot more fun than the Correspondents' Dinner, which turned out to be a comedian, never heard of her, Michelle Wolf. Crass, gross, disgusting, just ridiculously. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit firstliberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's firstliberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to firstliberty.org now. If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million Heritage members and supporters in America. 
and they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out centerforsecuritypolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's centerforsecuritypolicy.org. Attention Ronald Reagan fans. What is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. Sometimes my very wonderful board operator, Greg Lindmood, just starts playing music when I'm still talking. It's unbelievable. But actually what happens is, <laughs> he just said in my ear, you ran out of time. <laughs> okay, you know, I, it, it's true. I got a little wound up. I'm all, uh, I really, I just feel passionate about so many stories. And um, I didn't look at the clock. And so he's, you know, starts playing music. So sorry about that. Okay, so I have in studio, and I didn't even get to introduce her before the break, but I have in studio a good friend and also congressional candidate, Bunny Pounds. Hi, Bunny. Hey, Debbie. It's <laughs> awesome to be with you tonight. Glad you're here. Okay, so... Shifting entirely, we're going to go back to that to several of the stories, but Bunny is running for Congress around here in Texas. So whether you're listening, wherever you're listening, Bunny is a great candidate, a Congressional District 5, running for Congress. And we, I had you on months ago, but we're getting close. You're in a runoff now. It mm-hmm. narrowed down. How many candidates originally was that? Five? There was eight. Eight, yeah. Now we're down to two. Now down to two. So runoff, runoff, the election day is May 22nd. May 22nd. Okay. So uh, how are things going? 
They're going great. <laughs> you know, from the very beginning of this campaign, we ran a seven-county race, and it's really evident now. We've got grassroots armies in all seven counties. We have the eastern side of Dallas County, Kaufman, Van Zant, Wood, Anderson, Cherokee, Henderson. Oh, no, that's it. Uh, okay. It's a huge district, and I'm going to like two or three counties a day, it seems like. But, yeah, it's going great. The conservative movement is united now. Um, As a small business uh, owner and as someone that's been in the trenches of the conservative movement for years, they know me. We have almost every conservative organization endorsement. We are united. Uh, Rafael Cruz, uh, Ted Cruz's father, endorsed me. Our great Attorney General Ken Paxton and even the Vice President of the United States, Mike Pence. I know. I actually have clipped to my little notes about our interview was a list of just these people who have endorsed you, which I do want to get back to in a second. But so it's a runoff. So it's down to two Republicans and then whoever wins faces off in the fall of November. And honestly, Bunny Pounds is someone known in this district for years. I mean, everyone knows Bunny because she's been so active on on campaigns with um, and causes. I mean, just someone who's out there being part of the, the conservative movement, not just a, you know, not just kind of a, a observer, a bystander, but a really, really in the mix of it all. So what would you, I mean, what would you describe? Because your opponent is down to two people. What do you differentiate? How do you differentiate yourself from your opponent? My opponent is the fifth most liberal Republican in the Texas House, period. Is he st- he's still in the House? Yes, he's a oh, state okay. rep in Henderson and Kaufman counties. Um, he's only ever won his, congr- his state House district by 51%. Um, he has just got a dismal record when you look at fiscal policy and social policy, which really people care about that. You know, he did not stand with Governor Abbott when it came to his property tax reform bill. Um, wow. He was part of the group that was Speaker Strauss that kept that from going to the floor. I of did the not House. know that. So, wow. And many other things. Um, Matt Schaefer, who is one of our great members out of Tyler. Matt, I have such huge respect for him. He lives yeah. and eats and breathes the unborn and protecting life. He had an amendment that would have closed the loophole in Texas law to protect children in the womb after 20 weeks with the disabilities or fetal abnormalities. And my opponent was one of um, a few Republicans that voted with the Democrats to kill that bill. And I have those babies. Yeah. I have a really hard uh, time with that. At the end of the day, we have to have somebody that protects life from conception and natural death period and believes that God knows um, the reality of life. And so that that is a big deal in this in this congressional race. Sure, yeah. So beside those issues, I, I do want to ask you. So we're you know being in Congress is you know we've you and I have been activists in various issues, but you know in Congress you have the whole plate in front of you, the, all the issues you got to vote on. So, so what issues drive you? Like what issues make you really you just can't get to, you know can't wait to go to Congress and fight about? Well, I'm a two time small business owner with my husband, built a pest control company to almost 750,000 and 15 employees wow. in my early 20s. And then just being an entrepreneur again the last two and a half years, you know, we have to have someone that has real world experience, knows how to balance budgets, pay payroll, that has an understanding of how real world economics work. And that's important. Um, limited government is a big deal for me. I believe the Constitution calls the federal government to you know, pay for certain things, national security, protecting our people, securing our border, taking care of our great heroes, our veterans. But then there are certain things that the federal government should not be paying for. And we are seeing an increased uh, national debt, $21 trillion. 
that makes me every morning I get up and think about the reality of that to my children that are 19 and 21 and my future grandchildren. What is that going to look like for the next generation Americans? And that's one thing I want to fight against is these deficit spending and actually, you know, maybe one day have a real budget in the U.S. House. I know the budget thing is huge. And I think, honestly, the American public has lost track of the fact that there is actually a system in place you should follow if you're a member of Congress, if you're the House. I mean, you you create a budget and you actually create a budget for various departments. And and, and we have a lot, we just kind of, I don't know what the right word is, stumbled along in continuing resolutions and just kind of patchwork because we don't have the back, I think it's a backbone issue. We don't have a backbone to say, we can't afford everything and some things have to be cut. We have to cut. And we need a clean repeal of Obamacare, as we know. I mean, President Trump fought for that, and he um, hopefully will fight for it again. Um, the biggest issue in my district is illegal immigration here in Texas. As we know, illegal immigration stealing resources from our education systems, from our hospitals, you name it. We're all feeling um, the, the issue here. And so we have to continue to – we have to build this wall. And I'm so thankful for Vice President Mike Pence putting his endorsement on me because he's saying with that endorsement, I believe Bunny's going to stand beside me and the president, and we're going to get this done. And it's, it's a huge, humbling experience. Yeah, I was going to say for our listeners, you can go to – is it Bunny Pounds? I'm so Yeah, Bunny with an I, pounds.com. B-U-N-N-I, pounds.com. Because I think just reading the list of endorsements, I mean, I I didn't, I think that many people, if you don't know much about a race, it's a big thing to go and see, well, who's endorsed this person versus the other. And the people who are leading the charge in the conservative cause in America today are just lining up behind you. I mean, the one that you mentioned already, that was me, my like exciting thing was Vice President Pence. Well, and I met him 10 years ago. I met him and Karen, and we had this incredible conversation over, you know, after a lunch. And I'll I'll never forget it. The day I was in my office, and I get this, you know, tweet on my phone from the vice president. And I literally about fainted. I was screaming to my husband, oh, my God, what just happened? (laughs) And and not only was it just a quote, I mean, he fully endorsed me and said, go vote for Bunny on May 22nd. It was He amazing. sure did. Yeah, the tweet is there. There's a great picture on her website of Bunny standing with uh, Vice President Pence. And I just I just think these, these things matter. I mean, every candidate ends up getting some endorsements. But, you know, you talk to me, they're thought, these are thought leader endorsements. Yes. These are not political pal, hang out with you, you know, um, Kind of, these are serious thought leader endorsements, uh, which include the incumbent, Jeb Henschelling, yes. um, as well as, as you mentioned, Attorney General Ken Paxson, just major player in the national leading the cause for conservative, limited constitutional government, speaking up yes. in Texas. I mean, great, great endorsement. Uh, you have Phil Graham, whom I simply adore. I don't know why he just cracks me up. I love uh, him. Senator Phil Graham is the best. He communicates um, very in-depth issues in a great way that the everyday American can understand. Yep, yep. And um, and then some state senators, of course, you know, people, just a wide spectrum of people. Matt Rinaldi, conservative, you know, s- superstar of the Texas State House. So we have hundreds of endorsements. We've been documenting endorsements on the ground in the district since the very beginning. And, you know, people can see that throughout the 5th Congressional District. The people that matter, the party leaders, the, the former GOP chairmen's, the, yeah. you know, former elected officials, current elected officials, etc. The thought leaders. Right? Yeah. That's my smart term for it. Okay, so have you and your opponent uh, in this primary had a forum, a debate or something? We had a debate last Monday in Canton. It's on our YouTube channel. It's highly entertaining. 
entertaining. What is the YouTube channel? What's the name of it? It's Bunny Pounds for Congress. Okay. And so people can watch that. It really makes it very clear, um, you know, who the conservative is in this race. We articulated it very well, and I thought I did a great job. (laughs) Well, you know what? I have My preacher daddy taught me well. (laughs) You had a preacher daddy? I did. I did. He would have been proud. Yeah. He was a veteran, and that's how I got my name. A lot of people have been asking about my name, Bunny, really. You know, I'll be the first member of Congress named Bunny. But my dad was in the U.S. Army. He was a veteran uh, during Vietnam, and he became a born-again Christian watching Billy Graham on TV. And Billy Graham's daughter, Ruth Bell, was nicknamed Bunny, and my dad thought that was cool. So I actually have a spiritual reason behind my name. Okay. And you would be shocked that that is like the number one question in this campaign. Actually, it is. I mean, I I knew there was a really cool story, but I frankly had forgotten what it was. Okay, so we only have like, uh, I'm I'm not going to go over this time, so Greg is not going to cut me off again. But um, I do want to... We were talking, you walked in, and this is really like a 10-second answer, but were you not appalled by that comedian last night? Appalled. How in the world do women talk to other women like that? Oh. And make fun of other women. It just is amazing to me. Bunny Pounds for Congress, CD5. Thank you for coming in. I'm sorry it's so fast here, but loved having you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Debbie. Come right back. Let me tell you about the group Vice President Mike Pence called the most effective grassroots pro-life organization in America. It's the Susan B. Anthony list, and they're the ones who are on Capitol Hill right now, day in, day out, to fight back against Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. Every day in our nation, abortion takes more than 2,000 innocent lives, almost two every single minute of every single day. And Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion business in the country, committing one-third of all abortions. It's an unspeakable tragedy and a stain upon our nation and our humanity. And it's up to us to do something about it. This is your opportunity to join the team that's leading the charge to end abortion. Go to sba-list.org or Google Susan B. Anthony List now to learn more and start saving lives today. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. 
They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. America guarantees each eligible adult citizen the right to vote. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, a 501c3 public interest law firm, is dedicated entirely to election integrity, to assuring that voter rolls include names of only citizens eligible to vote, and that protections are in place to prevent voter fraud of all kinds. The Public Interest Legal Foundation discovered that more than 1,000 non-citizens enrolled to vote in Virginia in just eight counties, and in Philadelphia, felons as well as non-citizens are on the voter rolls. Non-citizens have been registering to vote and voting. The Public Interest Legal Foundation is fighting nationwide and in Texas to ensure that only Americans pick American leaders. We are actively litigating high-impact cases to clean up voter rolls and protect the ballot box. If you do not want your vote canceled out, visit publicinterestlegal.org to join us in the fight to restore integrity to American elections. Protect your vote. Visit publicinterestlegal.org today. Welcome back to America Can We Talk. I just love the music on this show. I just love the whole, yeah, can you hear us now, Washington? You'll hear us, our elected officials. Okay, so there's a, there's a really great thing happening in America, a really great uh, kind of sh- ground shift. And um, I want to talk about it tonight. Uh, but starting with, uh, there's a woman who's been on the show before named Candace Owens. Uh, she is a young exceptionally beautiful uh, young black woman. I, I think she's maybe her late 20s, early 30s, very attractive. She works for Turning Point USA, which is Charlie Kirk's organization, trying to bring the conservative message to college campuses. And is this what I want to talk about next is what she is doing and how much it could matter. But first, I want to ask Greg if he can play uh, clip two, Candace Owen. What is happening right now in the black community, you're going to hear it in this room first. There is an ideological civil war happening, black people that are focused on their past and shouting about slavery, and black people that are focused on their futures, okay? I can guarantee you what you're seeing happening is victim mentality versus victor mentality. Victim mentality is not cool. I don't know why people like being oppressed. It's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. I love oppression. We're oppressed. 400 years of slavery, Jim Crow, which, by the way, none of you guys lived through. Your grandparents didn't. It's embarrassing that you utilize you utilize their history. You're not living through anything right now you're overly privileged american okay you just gotta love this is candace owens she is so outspoken and and really just saying so many strong and powerful things she's basically urging she's speaking to other black americans just saying why is it you want to live in this victim world? And and I, I want to tile this into why this could be extremely consequential in America going forward. And I want to talk about why. 
First, as you likely all know, um, Kanye uh, West, who is a um, I'm going to find his tweet really quickly. Okay. Kanye West heard that clip that you just heard. That clip is from a longer talk that she did, uh, uh, Candace Owens did, and I think she had Charlie Kirk on stage, and she had people in the audience, and she said at one point, you see there are black and white people interspersed near the front wanting to listen, and then we have the uh, Black Lives Matter activists in the back yelling and trying to interrupt her. And that's what she's saying. There's a civil war within the black community in America. Well, Kanye West, who is, you know, obviously famous, tweeted out the next day, I love the way Candace Owens thinks. Okay. Mind blowing that he said this he actually tweeted out that she's right and he's there's been an ongoing conversation now Kanye West Candace Owens other black conservatives saying essentially we are allowed to think for ourselves we do not have to be liberal angry protesters like the left is trying to force us to be just because the left thinks they own the black vote in America. There was also a tweet by Kanye West a few days later saying, Obama was in office for eight years and nothing in Chicago changed. So there's the beginning of, you know, there have always been black conservatives, profoundly thoughtful and wonderful black conservatives, Justice Clarence Thomas and Thomas Sowell and Walter Williams and just, you know, Herman Cain, all sorts of conservative black uh, Americans have spoken up. But this is this conversation that, that we're talking about now is happening in popular culture. It's not happening in the intellectual, you know, Thomas Sowell, who could run circles around almost every American alive intellectually, is an, a, a you know, brilliant economist, a brilliant researcher, and an, a, just a fabulous writer. You know, he's been saying for decades that the Democrat Party enslaves black America. The Democrat Party works to keep black America poor dependent on the government and weak he is just just been he's been able to point out in in story after story and and columns and books that the 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 uh entire left wing approach to politics the left wing approach of Turning, pitting Americans against each other, convincing black Americans you are victims, convincing black Americans that everybody hates you and the only friends you possibly have are we, the Democrat Party, and we are your saviors and vote for us and we're going to increase your welfare payments. We're going to find more ways to redistribute wealth and take money away from mean rich people. This is the entire Democrat Party message to black America, that the rest of the country doesn't like you. And so many, as I say, intellectual, well-educated, conservative blacks have disputed this, have pointed out it's not true, disputed that the welfare state has just simply, it has not, not only has it not healed poverty, has not lifted people up, it has, it has burdened inner city America, burdened black America, it has 
cause the destruction of the uh, inner city fa- of the families, you know, the family unit, the family structure. It ha- I mean, inner cities that are run by Democrat elected officials are perpetually poor and the schools are poor and the, the whole you know, nothing about the Democrat policies ever helps anyone. So there have been intellectuals saying this, but now this conversation is happening in pop culture. It's happening. Kanye West, who is getting, of course, obliterated and criticized by the Twitter mob. And I'm beginning to call them the Democrat media lynch mob. The Democrat media lynch mob cannot believe that Kanye West is speaking up, saying, as a matter of fact, Candace Owens is right. That's what he's saying. And he's getting other black Americans to say, well, actually, you know what? I kind of, I think she's right too. I think she is right. I don't want to be led around as the victim class the rest of my life. I don't want to identify as victimhood America. I want to identify as productive American citizens. So this just could not be a bigger phenomenon. And, you know, I'll tell you, um, the um, other impact this is having is the Democrat Party wins elections nationally by a coalition of the victims. It is their campaign message, dressed up in happy talk language, dressed up in happy talk words, always and forever, the victim class united is the Democrat voting base. It is it is the hyphenated America voting base. It is black America and, and, and Hispanic Americans and women. It's always categories of people that are, that are told by Democrats over and over and over and over and over, you are a victim. And America doesn't like you. And no one's ever going to help you. And the only possibility you have of eking out an existence is to vote for Democrats who will punish all these mean people. But what the beautiful thing that's happening is with Kanye West, he is allowing, is like he's giving permission to young black activists, young black Americans, Americans of all age, ages, black and white, to say, wait a minute, what is it exactly the Democrats do for black America? What is it again? They've, they've just, they've massively spread the welfare system, massively in, increased dependency. Under President Obama, the dependency charts went through the roof. People adding on to the, uh, you know, the welfare rolls and the SNAP, which is the food stamp program. People growing in dependency, not working, living off of the government, which, as my good friend Star Parker has called, is the modern-day plantation. Uncle Sam's plantation is the welfare state the Democrats sell every election cycle. But on Thomas Sowell, uh, I want to mention something he's pointed out many times, which is the Democrat Party, if they lose 10% of the black vote, in fact— Let me say, if they lose 20% of the black vote, because right now they get north of 90% of the black vote almost always. If the Democrat Party loses between 10 and 20% of the black vote, they lose national elections. They lose. And Thomas Sowell has been pointing this out so much. He wrote a great article, and again, it's linked at americacanwetalk.org. He talked about, he wrote an article in 2016 during the still, you know, Hillary Clinton still running for president called Black Votes Matter. And he subtitled, Democrats need black voters to be fearful, angry, resentful, and paranoid. 
That was his subtitle. Democrats need black voters to be fearful, angry, resentful, and paranoid. What if black voters instead felt inspired, felt they were embraced and encouraged to join the, the, the American dream economy, encouraged to join the American culture? He also talked about if Republicans could get 20% of black votes, Democrats would be ruined. And he also made the point over and over and over that Democrat politicians do not care about black lives. They care about black votes. So this cultural phenomenon, Kanye West, Candace Owens, stirring things up, folks, this could change a lot. And we have to be really willing to speak up for that, to encourage it, to support the notion that there is really a greatness and goodness of America that everyone is invited to join on and celebrate. I'm Debbie George Ass, American Community Talk. Don't go by one more segment. I'm going to finish on this and a couple other points. Love talking to you. On August 2nd, 2006, Debbie Lee was notified that her son, Mark Allen Lee, had been killed, becoming the first Navy SEAL to lose his life in Iraq. She had no choice about the news that was given to her, but she did have a choice how she responded. In response to her son's amazing last letter, she founded America's Mighty Warriors to honor the sacrifices of our troops, the fallen, and their families by providing programs that improve quality of life, resiliency, and recovery. Whether America's Mighty Warriors is hosting retreats for families of the fallen, helping heroes heal who are struggling with traumatic brain injury or post-traumatic stress disorder, providing relaxation at the Heroes Hope Home, stepping in when an injustice is committed, or doing random acts of kindness. As Mark mentioned in his letter, they know the price of freedom and who pays it. Our troops and families of the fallen need your support. Visit americasmightywarriors.org today to learn more. That's americasmightywarriors.org. There's a lot of talk today among media and academia in our culture about everything that is supposedly wrong with America. Political correctness tries to dictate that we must stop thinking that America is exceptional. America's bravest have our back in the air, at sea, and on land. But who has America's back in the culture? In schools, on cable television, in newspapers? It's time to end the greatest prejudice on earth, anti-Americanism. And who makes the case for America? Flag does. Flag is the foundation for liberty and American greatness. Flag has America's back on the cultural battlefield. Flag is a nonprofit battle tank working to change the cultural and media narrative about America. If you think it's time to stand up for America, join the Foundation for Liberty and American Greatness. Your support of Flag is an investment in the America your children will inherit. Visit their website at flagusa.org and consider donating. All donations are 100% tax deductible. That's flagusa.org. Attention Ronald Reagan fans. What is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. 
program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit FirstLiberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's FirstLiberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to FirstLiberty.org now. Welcome back to America Can We Talk. Okay, fastest two hours of my week. I have a couple of things I've got to fit in. I love talking with you every Sunday. And, you know, the show, America Can We Talk, is just simply dedicated to embracing and protecting the exceptional identity of America. It's why I do my show. It's why I write. It's why I do my speeches. Is I want more Americans to embrace and understand more deeply the exceptional, extraordinary nature of America, the, what America means to the world. And it's our job, our generation's turn, to defend and protect America. This show is... I'm grateful for our sponsor. It's sponsored by GC Works. It's a Dallas-based company that performs research in advanced technology and delivers innovative approaches to the oil and gas industry. Could not do the show without them. I want to return to the topic of the first five tonight to make another point about it and to kind of put a bow on it, as they say. Our friend says, put a bow on it. She means wrap it up already. But this... The latest revelations that came out from the Congressional, when we had the um, House Intelligence Committee report, number one, as I told you, General Flynn didn't lie. James Clapper did lie to Congress. James Clapper appears to be the orchestrator behind all of... um, the uh, getting the dossier out in the public and then getting getting the whole process started to have a special counsel uh, appointed to investigate Trump. This is James Clapper, a person who's supposed to be neutral in politics, has been as partisan and as nasty and as manipulative as imaginable. The other thing I didn't even get to telling you about was Dianne Feinstein, you know, Democrat um, Congress uh, Senator from um, California. Her former aide, Daniel Jones, this came out in the in the. Uh, intelligence report her former aide raised 50 million dollars 50 million dollars from somewhere between somewhere between seven and ten wealthy donors so if there were ten five million each he started in january 2017 so as soon as president trump is beginning his presidency he's starting an effort feinstein's former guy starting an effort to essentially Push the anti-Trump collusion narrative. 
This has been an orchestrated effort to, and I'm telling you, it is not a stretch to call it a coup. It is the idea that all these players behind the scene, the Democrat Party, set this whole Russian collusion narrative up. They made it up to undermine the duly elected president of the United States, to undermine the American voters who these ruling elite I mean, people keep calling it rogue, like, oh, you know, rogue meaning, you know, outside the bounds of law. This is what tyranny is like. This is lawless tyranny. And I want to play something, an incredible clip from the uh, gentleman who used to be Hillary Clinton's pollster. His last name is Penn. And I'm going to play clip one right now if we have it. Well, look, I I spent a year fighting Ken Starr. And I think any reasonable person looking at what happened here says— This investigation had no foundation, and whatever foundation it had was not only wrong but corrupt. Uh, I I think Christopher Steele was was part of the FBI when he leaked, lied, and then was fired. Page and Strzok are clearly biased. The head of the FBI was clearly biased. The head of the CIA appeared to be doing illegal leaks as well. This whole thing was corrupt. There is a doctrine called the fruits of the poisonous tree that says when investigations get started like this, when searches and seizures are done on this basis, they should be thrown out. I think that's probably the best way to stop this thing, because otherwise we're going all the way to the end. And I don't think we should waste another year here. Okay, that is staggering. This is a Hillary Clinton pollster, a Democrat who's happily supported Hillary And he's saying now what many Republicans are saying. He's saying what I want to say to you. It is vital to get this point. We have been hoodwinked. We have been had. We have been duped. We have been played by Democrats throughout the FBI, Department of Justice, throughout Feinstein's former purse staffer is raising money from wealthy donors to keep up the Russian Trump collusion narrative. And if we don't have the backbone in this country to A, call it what it is, and B, begin prosecuting these people, we are surrendering the structure, the rule of law, the separation of powers, the structure that keeps America safe and strong. This is not a Oh, a little bit of a political dirty trick's gone bad. This is, in fact, what he said. What, what, I think his name is Mark Penn, whatever his first name is. Her, Hillary Clinton's pollster, I think it's Mark Penn. This, what he's saying is the same thing now that the House Intelligence Committee concluded, report has concluded. There was no basis for the FISA court warrant. There was no basis for the appointment of a special prosecutor. This was a manufactured, manufactured attack on the president. There's nothing behind it at all. Not just that particular processes weren't followed or someone didn't, you know, dot all their I's and cross all their T's. It's a deeper, bigger, nefarious effort by people in Washington who think they're smarter than the voters, they're smarter than the electorate, they are better than you, they're better thinkers, they know who should be in charge, and they've decided this guy, Donald Trump, isn't allowed to be president. Trump is, I, you know, he is right to be attacking the, uh, the everything that Mueller does and says, and the Mueller team, these people on Mueller and all the lawyers who work on the Mueller team, 
they know what I'm telling you is true. They know that there was, the dossier was a paid-for political hack job, paid for by Hillary Clinton and the Clinton team and the Democrat Party, paid for by them attack on the presidency in our country and and this idea that we are in in this country going to just say, well, you know, okay, thank goodness we've uncovered this. Now I guess maybe we'll try to, you know, get rid of it and move on. We have to understand, folks, how extraordinarily important this is. This is nothing short of a of a coup by legal process by attempt to use legal process, and when Hillary's people are admitting it, when the House Intelligence Committee report is saying it, we have to decide we're not going to let it stand. This must end, and it's not okay to have Giuliani come on board, by the way, and just cut a deal with Mueller and say, okay, Mueller, if you drop, you know, just let the Trump collusion thing go. And in turn, we won't prosecute all of the bad actors inside the FBI and DOJ. No such deal should be struck. Prosecutions need to happen for what has occurred. Okay. Last thing I want to tell you, an upbeat note. We have five minutes left tonight and a great, great, great story. Um, So, as you know, I think, my husband and I, uh, my listeners know, uh, my husband and I met in a law firm in San Diego. We uh, are both lawyers in our backgrounds and met in this big law firm. Lived in San Diego many years. Loved California. You know, we had our three kids there. My husband actually grew up in California. He grew up in California in a small town at a, t- at a time when the state elected Ronald Reagan to be governor. He ran, you know, that's when, so there's a heartland of California. We always think it's a fruits and nuts place and it has a lot of fruits and nuts, but there's a heartland of Californians who are just good, rock solid, patriotic Americans. And some of this pressure, some of the, some of the disaster created by the American left, disaster created by Democrat policies in Washington, some of that disaster is finally coming home to roost. Several things I want to mention to you. In California, even more cities are now joining the revolt against the California sanctuary state law. You know, the California declared the entire state sanctuary, meaning they will not follow federal law. They will not uh, turn over people to ICE. They won't follow federal immigration law. They are usurping in an unconstitutional manner the federal government's responsibility and right to be the only entity making immigration policy and California and every other place claiming to be sanctuary is trying to override the constitution and say, no, we're a city, we're a state, we're going to override it. Well, so here in California, they've had more and more people now entering the fray cities. We now have Los Alamitos, a city in orange County, the entire orange County commissioners have joined the department of justice lawsuit Suing. This all started, by the way, because U.S. United States Attorney General Sessions, Jeff Sessions, went to California. I think it was in early March. Yeah, early March, and announced that the the government is going to be suing the state of California, saying you can't ignore federal law. You can't be a sanctuary state. Well, now Los Alamitos, the city in Orange County, as well as Orange County itself, the Orange County city of Fountain Valley, Huntington Beach, Escondido, Hesperia in San. Bernardino County, um, and the list goes on and on, um, are joining the lawsuit on the side of the Trump administration suing the state of California, 
saying you can't violate federal law. And I tell you that why I'm so heartened by this is because these people, these elected officials in California, they have constituents. They are not going to get on board attacking the state of California's sanctuary policy unless they know that people are behind them. And they do know that. California is actually filled with good people who want their country back, who want their state back, who do not want lawless, you know, no no security at the border, uh, refugees living all over the place with no accountability to become citizens. They do not want the, the cost inflicted on their state by illegal immigration. They do not want it. And there is a, an unbelievable thing I'm going to tell you. And in the last minute, of you know, there is a, in California, um, they have, they have a, a unique system out there, um, which is they have people running. Their primary in California is coming up. And I, I thought I wrote the date, but I didn't. I think it's, it's in June anyway. A primary coming up, people running for governor as well as for Senate because Feinstein's seat is up in Senate. And the reason this is so exciting is there in California, the way they do their deal is you, everyone, Republicans and Democrats run in a primary and whoever the two top vote getters are become the candidates. So you could have a Democrat versus a Democrat running for an office, but for the governor's seat which is now, you know, there's a race ongoing. There are two Republicans running for governor of California. And in the polling, if you put those two candidates together, they have more votes than the top Democrat vote getter. Now, this is a long way from saying that California is going to have a Republican governor. But I'm telling you, the seeds of overthrowing left-wing whack-job liberalism are in California. we got to keep an eye on this. Folks, I love talking to you every week. America Can We Talk, Debbie Georgiatis. Come back next week. America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. To learn more or to contact Debbie, go to AmericaCanWeTalk.org. America Can We Talk, truth about America. America.